Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Kendall Rogers does a great job covering all things college baseball for D1Baseball.com. And Kendall, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? We're doing well, man. I know that uh, you were down there for the college baseball showdown in Arlington, and yeah. it's always fun to be able to have one of those early season series events and everything to go along with it, too. But uh, just first off, starting with the event itself, would you say that that's probably the biggest and best early season baseball uh, type of event that they do in the early part? I know that there's other ones around, but it seems like those usually have some of the best and uh, most brightest teams around college baseball every year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Rangers have done a really good job of that tournament. But I think if you remember a few years ago, you know, the for the first tournament we had that big freeze. But I mean, it was like a who's who of college baseball. And so, yeah, I mean, in terms of best tournaments, that one, Striders, those would be the two best around. But you know, I think all these teams in this tournament, I think, learned a lot about their teams this weekend. I think whether it's Arkansas, you know, they, you know, Oklahoma State learned that uh, their, their pitching is going to have to be better um, if they want to, you know meet expectations and certainly Arkansas had some really good things. I, I, I think if I, when I look at the Hogs, I think the way they responded against Oklahoma State was my big takeaway um, this past weekend. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I love those early season tournaments. Anytime you can get a chance to see a lot of teams in one spot, I love it. How do the teams perform compared to expectations going into it? And it's early, so you can't take a lot away from it because there's a lot of season left. But yeah. just compared to the expectations, how did these teams perform? Well, I mean, I think my, you know, start with Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State was a club for me that I, I kind of, you know, I kind of go away from this weekend going, boy, uh, man, I have some question marks. I just think, you know, outside of drawing uh, Watts Brown on Friday night, you know, I just wonder about Oklahoma State's weekend, you know, weekend pitching. You know, Brennan Phillips is a talented freshman that's going to be a good arm, but, you know, they're going to need him to grow up quick. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's certainly going to hit, uh, as we saw, you know, for much of the weekend. But, you know, they're, they're going to have to get better on the mound. I think TCU, for me, guys, was probably the, the most impressive, like, team in terms of what I expected going the weekend. I think Kirk Sturgis has a really good-looking club right now. Uh, I think anybody that certainly saw TCU against Arkansas – would really like their offense. I think pitching-wise, they have some question marks. But, again, they're going to hit a lot. Uh, I think Vanderbilt, for me, again, it's opening weekend, so you never know what to expect. But, you know, Vanderbilt did look great in the opening game. But I thought it looked really good the rest of the weekend. So, you know, that kind of gives, you know, Tim Corbin and company something to look you know, look ahead to. Uh, and then you look at the odds. Um, yeah, I think when you look at Arkansas overall, I think the big takeaway for me was they did respond really well. Uh, I thought they pitched a very high level against Texas. You know, Hagan Smith was electric. Brady Tiger, that was really important for him to pitch the way he did against Texas. It was interesting. I was talking to Matt Hobbs about it uh, after the game, even DBH, and they were like, man, Brady actually has been struggling a little bit, you know, so far this spring. And so for him to, to go out there and, and pitch the way he did against Texas was huge. Uh, obviously, you know, Will McIntyre wasn't great. You know, he's still good at the end of last year. They're going to need him to be good with Jackson Wiggins out. Uh, then I think we anybody that saw you know Hunter Holland at the end of the weekend goes okay. So we feel pretty good about two spots this week in rotation. Now we need you know Will McIntyre to step up. Uh, I will say this: I, I do feel like there's some aspects of the Arkansas bullpen that I thought could have been a little bit better. But the, overall, if you go into this tournament, and you go two and one, uh, you're feeling pretty happy. And I, and I know some Arkansas fans got mad that 
know, they dropped a spot in our rankings. But, you know, I, I think anybody that saw TC over the weekend would go, you know what, I, I don't have an issue with those guys, you know, being one spot ahead of us. I think TC certainly deserved that. Kendall, Razorback fans got mad after game two saying they needed to fire Nate Thompson. So, I mean, it, it's just the way oh, it's going to be, yeah, when, when it Why comes to these games. Why was fired like in the middle of last year? Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's a reoccurring theme. I mean, it's amazing how that works out too. But, but that's what that. But that's what's funny is because, like, for for yeah. instance, Arkansas, you know, not even just talking about their hitting, but you know, Dave Van Horn's talking about the pitching staff. It says it's some of his deepest pitching that he's ever had. And then so people see that TCU game and see how many runs they give up. Like, oh, okay, where's this deep pitching thing? I feel like that's why it's so important for people to really understand that. Yes, you want to win every game. Yes, you want to perform well. But this early part of the season, especially with a team like Arkansas where they return some guys but still have a lot of new faces, it's going to be something that's yeah. going to have to work their way through, especially during the non-conference slate. Yeah, I mean, that's what this stuff's for. You know, any, anybody, that's why, like, you know, we, we love doing rankings, obviously. But, like, that's one thing I've, I've been telling people is, like, man, it's opening weekend. Like, let things play out and, and let's see what happens. Here's the thing about Arkansas. And, you know, I, I get it. People are disappointed in the way some things played out. But this is a program that historically always figures things out. You can look around in college baseball, and, I mean, there might be two or three programs in the country that you could say are as consistent as the Hogs. So I kind of trust deviation company to figure things out a little bit. When you look at Arkansas, what were you most impressed with as far as from a team standpoint and individually? Well, number one, I think from a team standpoint, I do feel really good about two of the spots in the weekend rotation. I mean, I think anybody that saw, you know, Hagen and, I mean, his stuff was electric. You know, Hunter Holland was impressive. So, I think the weekend rotation, I feel like, will be fine. I think I think a guy like Will McIntyre will be just fine. Uh, you know, I think, you know, from a, from an offensive standpoint, the two guys that stood out to me, obviously, Jared Wigner. Uh, you know, I think I tweeted about him like 15 times over the weekend. But just his raw power is so impressive. You know, Tavian Josenberger is a really interesting player to me, just a very athletic, you know, bat at the top, got some power in that swing. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if you're kind of trying to nitpick anything, I think the biggest thing when I look at the Hogs that I think is crucial as they, as, you know, as they move along the rest of the season and they go into SEC play uh, is Peyton Sobol has to be that dude. Uh, you know, he's a guy that was one of the top players in the country at a high school. Uh, he was a little bit up and down last year. He was just okay over the weekend. And I just think when you look at that Arkansas lineup, if you're looking at this team and going, okay, are they going to compete for the national championship? I think you want to look at the end of the year and go, hey, Peyton Stovall, you know, hit 290 or 300 with power. So for me, he's kind of the guy who circles the X factor, you know, the rest of the season. Let's be with Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brad Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Kendall, I think that pitching is obviously always important, like we talked about, but you mentioned Hagan Smith. I also love the way that Brady, uh, Brady Tiger came in in that game against yeah. Texas because he was a guy that last year, he was a freshman, he had a really good run, but then late in the year there were some issues there, especially in the regionals and supers. So it was good to see him get back out there and really close out the game against Texas because he was uh, much needed in such a close matchup between those two teams too. Well, that is, you know, let's not forget, I mean, this is a guy that we thought might have been seriously injured in the last year. And, you know, mentally, uh, for him to go out there and throw the, throw the way he did in front of that big crowd, that was big because, it's, you know, it would be easy when you get a little bit of a scare and all of a sudden, you know, you're back out there, it, it, you know, you can get a little bit rattled. But, you know, the fact that he struggled, uh, you know, early in the spring and went out there with elite spin rates on that, that typical slider, the fastball was electric, 
Uh, that, that's big moving forward. So it, does it surprise me that he threw that way? No, but it, it is one of those things that when you when you get a scare, you know, you can be a little bit uh, jaded, so to speak. What does Arkansas need to show in this early season schedule and uh, taking on some of these non-conference teams? Yeah, and I just think the biggest thing is just, you know, figuring out all, you know, just the individual bullpen rules, figuring out who you want in what situation. Uh, I think the other thing for me is, it, you know, and granted, the Oklahoma State game, it's hard to complain about this, but, like, you know, just, just seeing what the lineup gives you top to bottom. I mean, obviously, Jared Wagner was really good. Paisley Josenberger was, was really good at times. But, you know, what's going to end up being the makeup of the lineup? And who are going to be those four or five guys that you look at with the hogs and go, hey, when he's at the plate, like, you know, opposing teams are scared. Because, you know, right now I don't know if there's a lot of guys in the lineup that you look at that way. So I, I think figuring out the four or five bodies there, I think it's going to be crucial as you look ahead of the regular, the rest of the season. But, again, my big takeaway for the Hogs, you know, I thought they just looked okay against Texas. That was more so Hagan and Brady being Hagan and Brady. But, you know, I thought they obviously didn't look great against TCU. But the way they responded again in the final game of the weekend gives me a, an idea of what kind of team this is going to be. And read the tea leaves, that's going to be good news for Hogs fans at Ball this year. All right, Kendall, i got to ask you this because I'm sure you got a lot of people asking you about it. The pitch clock. We saw a lot of different oh, things that were going on there in this, in this whole series where had balls and strikes get called on, had strikeouts because of the pitch clock, and then uh, even had yeah. Dave Van Horn after the game saying that uh, he feels like it's ruining the game in the way that it's handled right now. What are your thoughts on it? Is it something that needs to be changed or at least adjusted? Well, you know, the, uh, there's, there's good and bad. I mean, the good is that it did – cut down the time of some games. I'll, I'll be honest with you on that one. Uh, the bad is, like, you know, will it be enforced at different venues? You know, uh, I'm talking to David Pierce about this. He had a good point from Texas. That, hey, when I go play UTSA, like, is this actually going to be enforced? And the question is, I don't know, because I was talking to some coaches in some other leagues and some mid-major leagues, like, hey, do y'all, do y'all have, you know, five or six guys that, that have balls called on them or strikes called on them? And they are like, actually, it wasn't really enforced here. And so, they're just going to have to be consistent because I can't imagine being like Dave Van Horn and going, you know, playing an SEC and it being a fourth. And then all of a sudden you go on the road in midweek or something and all of a sudden it's not being enforced. Like if I'm a hitter, man, that really screws me up. So I think as long as, as umpires are consistent about it, I think it could end up being a decent thing. If they're not consistent about it, it's going to be an absolute mess. But I'll say this coaches, players, and by the way, even umpires that I talked to over the weekend, we're not real happy about it, to say the least. So just to, to help us out, because I think that there's some people that are still confused, so what exactly is the rule as far as the 20 seconds go? Is it just you have to, the batter has 10 seconds to get into the box, and then the pitcher has 10 seconds to throw? It's just kind of the specifics of what it does and why they even have this rule to begin with. Yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do, I mean, I'll, I'll bring up a perfect example last year. You know, if you remember A&M last year, I mean, they took forever uh, when they were at the plate. I mean, it was literally a guy stepping out of the, stepping out of the box every pitch and a guy, you know, playing with his playing with his wraps every pitch and things like that. And what they're trying to do is just keep that from happening. Like, hey, you know what? You don't need to mess with your, your elbow guard between every single pitch. Like, you know, stay in the box. And so that's the main thing. It's just the pay-to-play initiative. Uh, but, again, you know, for the pitcher, you know, they have 20 seconds once they get on the rubber to throw the ball. And if you don't throw the ball by, the, by that time, you get a ball called on you. So the the hitting thing is the one for me 
that I thought was a little iffy. There were there were numerous times in the weekend where I kind of thought, like Dylan Campbell, for instance, against Arkansas, I'm still ultra confused with that one because like he was actually like still had a foot in the box. I'm not under, I'm not 100 sure what he was doing wrong in that play. So the problem we have with all this is that like if I'm confused, the average fan is really confused. And uh, by the way, there's gonna be a lot of coaches really confused. So I think there needs to be a lot more clarity because I'm still, I'm still not 100% sure we're clear on what's going on. But, you know, the other thing I'll mention, John, is that if you notice the home plate umpire over the weekend in Arlington, there were a lot of instances to where, like, they were signaling to start the clock behind their head and they got in the crouching position. And I don't know about you, but, like, if I'm an umpire, like, I've got so many things to worry about. The last thing I want to have to worry about is signaling for the clock to start like I'm a football referee. Like, I've got way too much stuff to worry about that to deal with that. Well, Kendall, we saw it um, in college baseball already, and then it's been the minor league, so it's all over baseball. going to be in the majors this year. So, overall, do you see it as a positive or a negative because of the pace of play? Well, I'll say this about college baseball. I mean, as much as I absolutely love the sport, there are times where it does go a little long. I mean, they played a Friday game last year on ESPN against Louisville the Super. The game lasted five hours. It was six to four. There were numerous other regional and super regional games last year that were long for absolutely no reason. So, hmm. at the end of the day, like baseball is, is fighting, whether it's college or MLB, they're fighting against basketball. They're fighting against football for these TV windows. They're, they're trying to capture new fans. And the shorter we can make some of these games, the incremental changes we can make, the more marketable this game gets to the casual fans. So, yeah, is it annoying? Sure. I mean, if it's consistent, will it be a bad thing? No. My issue will be if it's inconsistent, it will be a bad thing for college baseball. Uh, another thing, too, that uh, you say is good for college baseball is a guy like Rock Reggio, which was so funny there in that game when Arkansas fans just booed him immediately as he came up to the plate and then had some fun with it when he got on base there, too. It just seems like those are also some things, or at least some personalities, some not necessarily just showboating, but some, some big, fun guys like that can be really good for the game of uh, not only baseball, but just college baseball especially. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. Like, Arkansas fans kind of don't like Rock, and, and I get it. Like, he kind of hot dogged around the bases last year in the regional. But, you know, I like kids like that in our game. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, I, don't, I don't take him as a punk. Like, I take him as a guy who loves playing college baseball. Kind of like, you know, over the weekend, like, Hawk fans, rightfully so, are, like, doing him when he goes to play. That was funny. He gets a base hit. He gets his fans riled up, and then he chesses he Arkansas side. Like, you know what? Like some people call it being a punk. I call it having fun. It, it's there's a difference to me. He's having fun. If he was being a punk, he would play dirty. And he's not a dirty player. He's just a guy that's really animated on the bases and in the field. And guess what? He's a really, really good player. So I, I love the guy. I, I get it. Like opposing fans don't really dig it. But you know what? If he was wearing a hog uniform, everybody in Fayetteville would love the guy to death. Kendall, SEC is regarded as the best conference in college baseball. So. Where would you say um, to go to for the next best conference? Is it the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC? What is the next best conference? I would say the ACC for now. I mean, you know, the Big 12 of Texas struggles uh, is going to be down a little bit outside the top two or three teams. Uh, I would say this, though. Keep an eye out on the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, they had a you know, regional host last year in Georgia Southern. I think Louisiana is going to be good. Southern Miss joined that conference this year. I think Southern Miss. 
You know, they gave up three runs over the weekend in a three-game series against Liberty. I think Christian Ostrander is one of the best pitching coaches in college baseball. They're going to be really good. Uh, and then you look at teams like Louisiana and Texas State. Texas State got their regional final last year. I think they're going to be really good again. I think I want to say they scored like 58 runs in three games over the weekend against Northwestern. So clearly they can hit. And then Matt Degg's team at Louisiana, they're a really offensive club too that uh, you know got you know won a, won a game or two in a regional last year. So keep an eye on the stuff though. That is a conference that I think moving forward could very easily end up getting four or five bids this season. So, Kendall, uh, also i got to ask you, just as far as outside of this event and in college baseball in the beginning, it was maybe surprising for some people to see Tennessee you know, start one and two, which, of course, people that don't like Tennessee, they probably enjoyed it. But were there <laughs> any other, uh, maybe some surprises, maybe some things outside of the college baseball showdown that you saw that may have been a little surprising or that stuck out to you in the first weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is I, is I look around the country is, I, you know, the Big West is a conference that has really struggled the last couple of seasons. Uh, they had some big series run over the weekend. I think UC Irvine swept Tulane. Uh, you know, I think Lobby State swept Wichita State. Hawaii took three or four from Wright State, a really, really good mid-major. So that's the storyline. You know, I think if, if you look into the, you know, the ACC, it'll be very interesting to see the, the landscape of that league. You know, North Carolina played with fire. Uh, against Seton Hall. You know, Miami needed a walk-off to take uh, two or three from Penn State is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Uh, and so there are some question marks with some of these ACC teams and, of course, the Big 12 uh, as you look at the top of that conference. You know, Texas Tech, for me, uh, they were a team that coming into the season I was a little iffy on. But uh, i tell you what, they pitched really, really well over the weekend. I think they had three or four uh, arms that went four or five-plus innings and, and gave up no runs against a really solid uh, Gonzaga club. And then you have Arizona State, a perennial power, uh, who swept San Diego State and, and, oh, by the way, goes to Mississippi State this weekend. They pitched really well. So that's a series for me, Arizona State and Mississippi State. Uh, if you're not, you know, other than the Arkansas game this weekend, keep an eye on that one because I think that could be a very, very good series. And frankly, a pivotal series for MSU. You know, they had a bad year last year, didn't make the postseason, finished near the bottom of the SEC. Uh, and this will give us a pretty good idea of, hey, like, are they, are they back? Are, are they not back? They did not look great over the weekend. Uh, we'll see if that continues. LSU ranked number one in the country in college baseball. What is it about LSU that makes them so good? Well, you know, I, I, well, I was, I was going to say I would have had Tennessee ahead of them a little bit uh, without Grant Taylor. They're one of their starting pitchers, but Tennessee didn't have a great weekend either. But, you know, I think the biggest thing with LSU is I think the top of their lineup is so good that like, it really doesn't even matter what they do with the rest of the offensive lineup. But I actually think they'll still be fine with the rest of the offensive lineup. You know, Jordan Thompson's back at shortstop. Gavin Dugall's up to a really good start for them. And then, you know, and then assuming Tommy White comes back soon, uh, it's about as good as the top two or three hitters in the, you know, that you'll see in the country. Uh, I think the other thing about them, too, is, you know, when you look at them on the mound, with, you know, Paul Skeen, who is outstanding in his first start. You know, I think he's got 98 to 102 with his fastball for five innings. Uh, you'll, you'll take that any day of the week. Uh, and then you look at the other pieces, you know, like Ty Floyd, Christian Little, Thatcher Hurd, the list kind of goes on, Chase Shores. Uh, that's just a really, really deep and really, really talented pitching staff. So I think they're the complete product. I mean, we'll find out. I mean, it's, it's what, 1999 was the last time a preseason number one. Uh, and, and a top, you know, top national seed won the national championship. We'll see if they can buck that trend this year. 
Well, Kendall, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. It was a great weekend for college baseball. It's going to be a great season. I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right, my man? You got it, buddy. Good talking to you guys.